Okay, it's six o'clock, so I will, we're recording, right? Okay, a call to order the Monday, June 22 special meeting of the Astoria City Council. We met a week ago, and this is a special meeting uh, to approve the budget in time for the state deadline of the last day in June. <clears throat> so uh, roll call, Mr. Estes. Councilor West. Here. Councilor Brownson. Here. Councilor Rocca. Here. Councilor Herman. Here. Mayor Jones. Here. Um, and Mr. Mayor and uh, City Manager, because you have masks on, you're a little muffled right now. So I'm going to ask you to speak up or a little closer to your microphone, please. Okay. We'll we'll try speaking a little closer, and if let us know if that's not good, and we'll take the masks off because we are maintaining about eight feet rather than six feet so we could do that so just how do you, how are you hearing it now it's a little better thank you just want to make sure that everybody can hear all right we'll keep the mics close when we talk okay reports of counselors uh we'll start with council rocca uh mr mayor i don't really have much of a report this time i just would observe that uh, uh today seems like summer traffic wise and, and people wise for sure. I mean, like sort of like a normal summer in terms of volume. Um, but I have to say, driving home from taking the dogs for a walk out at uh, Alderbrook Lagoon, um, I think I saw one mask that was on a child. So I, I appreciate that you guys are setting the tone sort of by, by wearing your masks there. Okay, thank you. And Councillor West. Uh, nothing much to report. Uh, I got to see my family yesterday for the first time in six months, which was really fantastic. Um, and just a one day late, happy belated Father's Day to all the dads out there. But I think that's all I have. Thank you. And Councillor Brownson. Thank you. I have nothing to report. Councillor Herman. And I also have nothing. Okay, well, very good. And uh, let's see, it's been uh, just a normal week since our last meeting a week ago, and I'll, I'll bypass any reports as well, and we'll go right into the agenda. Are there any changes to the agenda? Mayor, I think there's one item that you're wanting to add at the oh, yeah. end of the agenda. Yeah, so we are gonna have a discussion about uh, uh, mask wearing in the community and any additional steps that could be taken in the community to uh, result in more mask wearing up to and including a mandate for mask wearing. So we will have that discussion after we've approved the, uh, the budget items. Right, and so that would be under, uh, at, towards the end of the agenda under new business, is that correct? Right, we'll okay. wait until we get to new business after we've completed the, uh, the council meeting and uh, the ADC budget as well. Well, I, actually we, we, we have it, uh, anticipated, because we anticipated that you'd be uh, closing the city council meeting and going to the Astoria Development uh. Commission. So uh, I would, I would suggest if we could just have that discussion while we have the city council okay. meeting running and then you can close that, that down yeah. and then go to development commission. Absolutely, we will do that. Okay, and uh, consent calendar, items on the consent calendar are considered routine and will be adopted by one motion unless a member of the council requests to have an item considered separately. 
Members of the community may have an item removed if they contact the city manager by 5 p.m. Has the public asked for any item to be removed? There have been no requests. Uh, councilors, any requests to remove an item? No. I'd like to make a motion to approve the consent calendar. And a second. Uh, roll call, Mr. Estes. Councilor West? Aye. Councilor Brownson? Aye. Councilor Rocca? Aye. Councilor Herman? Aye. Mayor Jones. Aye. Regular agenda. All regular agenda items are open for public comment following deliberation by the council. And if uh, any member of the public wishes to make comment on an agenda item, you can use the raise hand function on your Zoom app. And uh, if we see that anyone watching via Zoom has requested to speak to an item, uh, you'll be asked to identify yourself by name and address, and then you'll have three minutes to speak. Item 6A is a public hearing and resolution to adopt the city budget for fiscal year uh, 2021 that begins on 1 July 2020. So uh, under Oregon budget law, uh, the code requires that the city council hold a public hearing on the budget as recommended for approval by the budget committee and the budget committee has done so. The required public notice has happened and I would note that during uh, final compilation of the budget, it was noted that a transfer amount of $9,000 to the parks operation fund from the cemetery irreducible, irreducible fund was applied to uh, parks operations and cemeteries. So it should only be reflected in the cemetery fund and that is highlighted in the council memo uh, which was provided. Additionally, a transfer from the State Street Tax Fund of $720,000 was not updated in the Public Works um, Fund of the Budget Committee's approved budget. And the revisions um, were also noted in the staff report for this item. So the attached resolution included in the council packet will adopt resources and appropriations as adjusted for the previously noted uh, transfer adjustments and would authorize the collection of taxes at a rate of 8.1738 per thousand for fiscal year beginning July 1, 2020. We do have our finance director, Susan Brooks, in the audience, should there be any questions. Tonight it's recommended that the council uh, conduct a public hearing on the fiscal year July 1, 2020 through June 30, 2021 budget as approved by the Budget Committee and with the noted transfer adjustments. After the hearing, it's recommended that the City Council consider the resolution to adopt the budget. I would note that we have received one piece of written testimony uh, before the uh, hearing uh, from, uh, from Kate Allen and uh, Bruce Watts, and uh, that has been provided to the City Council uh, in advance of the meeting. Turn it over to you, Mayor. Okay, very good. I will uh, open the public hearing and ask if, uh, is there any council discussion before I ask for comments from the public? Okay, not seeing any. 
you have, um, uh, from, we have Ms. Allen, who's. Yeah, yeah, so I was going, I mean, I'm not seeing any from the counselors. Okay, then, um, looks like we have a raised hand from Kate Allen, so if we can unmute, unmute Ms. Allen. Hello. Okay, okay, you're there. If you can uh, just repeat your name and address, and you'll have three minutes, please. Thanks. Thanks very much for the time. Uh, my name is Kate Allen. I reside at 318 Lincoln Street uh, here in Astoria. Very much appreciate uh, the mayor and the counselors uh, uh, create, appreciate this opportunity to speak to you. Um, with regard to the uh, budget, as, as described, um, we are one of communities large and small across the country, uh, certainly across Oregon, joining the call to end police violence and to increase transparency, accountability, and humanity in public safety. Um, I feel that the city of Astoria must respond to these times. I am appreciative of the limitations, the statutory limitations of budget passage. I'm also appreciative of the fact that any budget is a living document and there are comments that I would make that I think are really appropriate to long-term consideration by the council. Um, we fondly regard Astoria as a smaller town in Oregon, but we need to look no further than our neighboring city of Warrington to know that systemic racism exists within the very institutions to which we look to serve and protect us. While individual police officers in Astoria do a good job and are well-liked by the public, they're all sworn members of a system that does not have equal outcomes or trust for all Astorians, for Black, Indigenous, and other people of color who call Astoria home while at the Tongue Point Job Corps or stationed here with the Coast Guard, or for tourists. In fact, as a smaller town, we have a significant opportunity to reframe public safety that saves lives and makes our communities safer. In your review and approval of the annual budget of how our tax dollars will be spent for the next year, it's essential that you think beyond protecting the status quo in spending those dollars to how public safety funding could be used to establish alternative responses to low-level offenses such as domestic violence, mental health crises, and issues like homelessness and substance abuse, such as deploying first responder teams of mental health providers or community intervention workers to the scene to handle these issues instead of police officers. Eugene, Oregon uh, CAHOOTS program is a good example that I think a lot of folks have looked at and appreciate. I also understand that the role of the city is intertwined with the county and the fellow cities and that the specific jurisdictions uh, that uh, oversee those are part of this conversation. I think I'm hoping for Astoria's leadership in these matters. Um, I think another important aspect is that uh, the, the need to explore establishing a citizens oversight committee to gain a thorough understanding of the city of Astoria police policies, uh, including but not limited to use of force. Committee could review existing data, work with the department and the council uh, on metrics for additional data needed, review of police hiring, training, discipline, and performance, 
uh, and other matters such as that. I appreciate the time to speak to these important matters uh, to the council. Thanks. Thank you, Ms. Allen. Are there other members of the public who uh, wish to speak? Okay, then not seeing any further members of the public, is there any uh, council discussion? Well, I'll just, I mean, I'll start. Oh, it looks like Roger's trying to talk. We can, un hang on, Roger, we'll unmute you. Jen, if you can maybe unmute all the city councilors. Okay, Roger, we can, no, you're still muted, hang on. Okay, now, go ahead, please. Um, I, I would just say I appreciate the, the spirit of, uh, of uh, what Ms. Allen wrote and, and testified. Um, I, I just, given the, the, the time frame we have to work with, I, I just wanna make sure we don't, we don't go ready to fire aim I, I would support us exploring the things that uh, that uh, she has suggested um, with an idea with, a, with a, the idea of having sort of a, a comprehensive organized studied approach to uh, to uh, trying to achieve some of the aims she's talking about uh, I, I don't think we have a terrible sense of urgency uh, here in Astoria because uh, by and large, the, uh, the public uh, reaction to our police department has been very positive. But that, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't look forward and, and, and look at some of the things that uh, Ms. Allen is talking about. So I guess what I'm saying is I would support us looking at that as the year progresses and as we have time to, to look at that. The other, the other issue we have in terms of, of making any commitments with our budget is we have no idea where our budget is going this year because of COVID-19. Um, so to promise that we're going to put a specific amount of money into a project would be a promise made of error. Um, so that's that's sort of my reaction. Thank you, Council Rocca. Any other uh, comments? Well, I would... Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead, Jessamine. Okay. Um, I just also wanted to thank Alan for your comments. Um, extremely um, well-spoken and articulate, and you made a, a lot of really good points. Um, I think from my perspective, I think that um, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I think that those are all things that no matter how small large a city is, those are things that, that we need to work towards um, as a nation. Uh, I, I personally don't feel like um, reducing the budget for police is, at least at the local level, for me, part of that solution. So I, I think that we can still work on a lot of the goals that you mentioned um, while still supporting the police at the local level. I, I really want to emphasize my support for um, funding infrastructure for a lot of the programs that you mentioned, um, which I mean, quite frankly, has, it has been a discussion at least since I've been on council and, and certainly 
years before. So, um, but again, I, I do want to say thank you. I, I think that the transparency um, continues to be there. I know it's possible to look up uh, any police officer's amount of training. Uh, the city budget is always uh, online available to the community to see exactly how tax dollars are spent. Um, but I, I would like to continue to support our police department while continuing to work on uh, exactly the types of goals that, that you're talking about. Um, I think that's, I, I just wanna thank you for a lot of the comments that you made. Thank you, other comments? Yeah, Did I, you have something? Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead, John. Oh, I just wanted to mention, first, thank you, Kate and Bruce. I know Kate and Bruce. Um, they're very active in the community. What I wanted to mention is that the council has the opportunity to, to attend online up to three trainings this week on how police in Oregon are trained. And I suspect all of us are going to be participating in those. One of the trainings specifically focuses on use of force. And I heard on a story on public radio this evening that a link to the trainings would be made available to the public so I think that would be a great opportunity to learn more. I'm looking forward to learning a lot more myself. Yeah, and um, I don't have much more to add. And again, I, I appreciate um, uh, your thoughts, uh, both Kate and Bruce. And I, I did send you an email um, sort of in response. So you you know what I have, what I'm thinking. and. Um, this is really a dynamic time, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, good outcomes everywhere. I'm an optimist, so thank you. Great, and I, I, I did get several other emails over the last probably three weeks with sort of a defund the police um, theme. Uh, probably some of the other counselors got some as well, and certainly a lot of on social media about it. I guess, you know, obviously every city's different. Every uh, community's relationship with their police department is different. So I'm, I'm of course, only addressing Astoria. Uh, you know, typically, when we budget, we identify a, a need or a requirement that has to be met. And then we look at a range of uh, options to fulfill that need or requirement, including who's going to do it, how are they going to do it, where are they going to do it, what equipment is needed. Um, you come up with an estimate of cost or a range of possible costs, and then the last thing you do is you identify a funding source, see if you can move forward. And it seems, you know, to me, the defund the police movement is kind of putting that backwards by starting off with identifying the source and then asking, what are we going to do with the money? And um, I just think we ought to, I, I, the logical process of developing a budget that starts with first identifying the need and the requirement and then kind of mapping it out. Okay, how many people, what are their skill sets required? What kind of equipment do they need? What kind of office space do they need? Come up with a range of costs and then figure out what the best way to fund that is. So I'm certainly uh, you know, looking forward to any community discussions that take place that wanna flesh out that idea of you know, what is the actual need? What, what is the problem we're trying to solve in terms of um, whether it's a social service issue response to um, a non-violent or non-threatening domestic disturbance or whatever the case may be. But for the short term, I would agree with my colleagues that, um, that 
pulling money from the police department for an undefined purpose is not you know, the best way to move forward with the budget that's, that's due in a week. And if there's any other comments about any other aspect of the budget or of this particular item, I'll just give my colleagues a moment to make any further comment. Otherwise, I'll look for a motion. Mayor, oh, please, yeah. Yes. Thank you. I move to. Um, oh, hang on one second, Roger. Let me let me go ahead and close the public hearing. Public hearing is now closed. I uh, will make a motion to approve the city of Astoria budget for the fiscal year beginning July first, twenty twenty. Second. Roll call, Mr. Estes. We can't hear you. How about this? So, um, Council Rocca, if you would also in your motion authorize the collection of taxes at a rate of 8.1738 per thousand for the fiscal year. So moved. <laughs> and whoever I'll second it. that. And roll call, please. Councilor West. Aye. Councilor Brownson? Aye. Councilor Rocca? Aye. Councilor Herman? Aye. Mayor Jones? Aye. Okay, item uh, 6B is a public hearing and resolution to elect to receive state shared revenues. So, Oregon revised statutes 221.770 uh, requires the city to adopt a resolution to declare its intent to receive state revenue for each new fiscal year. And state shared revenues include items such as the state gas tax, the alcohol tax, cigarette tax, marijuana tax, and other associated state shared revenues. The resolution included in your packet expresses the city's intention to receive state shared revenues for this next fiscal year. So it's recommended that the city council hold a public hearing regarding intention to receive state shared revenues for fiscal year 2020 to 2021 as approved by the budget committee. After the hearing, it's recommended that the city council consider the resolution included in the packet declaring the city's an election to receive state revenues. Okay, thank you. I declare the public hearing open. Now, are there any comments from counselors or from the public? Nothing. Okay, well, I, I think we should have them. <laughs> Take advantage of them. All right, we'll just wait a few seconds and see if any members of the public raise their hands. It's like there's one person waiting to get in. Okay, seeing no request for comment, I will close the public hearing and ask for a motion. Well, I'd be happy to make a motion uh, to elect to receive state shared revenues uh, for fiscal year 2020-21 as approved by the budget committee. I'll second that. Roll call, Mr. Estes. Councilor West. Aye. Councilor Brownson. Aye. Council Rocca? 
Aye. Councilor Herman. Aye. Mayor Jones. Aye. Item 6C is consideration of promote Astoria Properties landscaping contract. So, um, Mayor and Council, the next couple of items are uh, items that are being brought to you now uh, that a budget has been approved. These are the beginning of expenditures for funds for next fiscal year. Uh, the first is consideration of a landscaping contract which would be paid from promote Astoria funds. So uh, landscape maintenance services will include at the properties noted in the memorandum uh, which have ties to visitor-oriented uh, services or uh, visitor-oriented interests, making them eligible for promote Astoria funds. The scope of work for these services, I would note, has been reduced from the previous year's budgets to reflect that promote Astoria funds may be lower due to the impacts of COVID-19. Our Parks Director, Jonah Dart-McLean, is here in the audience. Should there be any specific questions uh, about this? But tonight it's recommended that the City Council award the contract for Promote Astoria Parks Landscaping Maintenance Services to Dennis's 7Ds Landscaping. I would note uh, there were two bidders and they were the lowest of the two bidders and staff feels that they would be uh, able to do a, a good job on uh, these landscaping efforts. Mayor, that concludes it. Okay, thank you. Any uh, comment from the council? I, just, I have one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. I have one question. Um, is this the same company that has the contract this year? Uh, Mr. Dart McLean is coming up to the microphone and the camera. Just uh, hold tight. Can everybody hear me all right? Yes. Uh, this company had the contract, not this current fiscal year, but the preceding one. Actually, this year's contract uh, has been awarded to, or was awarded to Greensmith Landscaping. Okay. Well, they've done a beautiful job in the past. And so I definitely support this. And I just want to mention, because not everyone uh, outside the council may be aware that money from money to pay for this service comes from lodging taxes so it's not coming out of the general fund and the other thing is these are highly visible properties such as the river walk and a lot of uh, small parks along marine drive any other uh council comments i, I i'm just curious I, i'm all for it and i think this is great but um could you what was, what did we pay last year? What was the contract last year? Just curious what the difference is. The, the current contract we are in right now, the uh, total not to exceed amount was $86,000. And I okay. can also give you the previous years if you need those. The scope of work has changed um, a little bit every year though because we've adjusted it based on the previous year's results. I'm trying to anticipate a better scope of work that'll still suit the properties. Right, thank you. Well, I'd like to move that we approve the Promote Astoria Properties Landscaping Contract. I'll second that. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Item 6D is the Combined Sewer Overflow CSO Program Modeling Support Contract for Professional Services. 
So in April of 2012, the council authorized a contract for combined sewer overflow modeling support services with the firm HDR with an option of annual renewal of the contract. During the past eight years, HDR has updated and refined the combined sewer overflow collection system model. So uh, HDR has provided a scope of work and an estimated budget of $55,023 for July 2020 through June 2021, this next fiscal year. Funds are available in the Public Works Improvement Fund, and I would note that this is a uh, contract which would be considered essential to meeting the regulatory requirements of our combined sewer overflow system. So it's recommended that council um, move forward on this so that we can remain in compliance with uh, agreements with the, with the state of Oregon. So it's recommended that city council renew the contract for CSO modeling support services with HDR for a total not to see, exceed amount of $55,023. And uh, we uh, do have our assistant city engineer, Cindy Moore, uh, online uh, to answer any specific questions you may have about this contract. Okay, uh, council discussion. I, I would just say this is one of the uh, important and essential things that a city does that uh, probably isn't sexy enough to make a miniseries out of, but it's pretty important to, to do. And the bid seems appropriate. And I <laughs> Anyone else? I, I agree. I'd be happy to make a motion. Please do. Well, I, I would like to move that uh, we renew the contract for CSO modeling support mm -hmm. services with HDR for a total not to exceed the amount of $55,000 and $55,023. I'll second that. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The next and final item on the regular agenda is 6E State of Oregon Grant Agreement for Award of Coronavirus Relief Funds. So Section 5001 of the CARES Act provides funds to state, local, and tribal governments through the Coronavirus Relief Fund to be used for expenditures incurred due to COVID-19 during the period of March 1, 2020 through December 20, excuse me, December 30, 2020. And the city of Astoria responded to the first phase of the local government reimbursement plan for the period of March 1, 2020 through May 15, 2020. Uh, and uh, through uh, this work, uh, the city uh, has received a, a grant reimbursement in the amount of $99,859.31. Now, future disbursements would require an amendment uh, to the agreement for additional amounts applicable to future periods. So tonight it's recommended that City Council approve acceptance of grant number 1038 with the State of Oregon to provide Corona Relief Fund reimbursements of eligible expenditures incurred. And Susan Brooks, our Finance Director, uh, uh, worked on this in conjunction with our City Attorney Blair Henning's garden. If there are any specific questions, uh, Susan uh, would be able to take those initial uh, questions. 
So, Ms. Brooks, could you just summarize for us what are the uh, types of expenses we have incurred that would be eligible for this reimbursement? I'm assuming it's mostly labor. Um, yes, it is primarily labor. We had a small amount of um, attorney expenses that were associated with uh, developing uh, policies and procedures, reviewing contracts and information. Um, otherwise, it is primarily labor. So, for instance, staff time spent looking at what the policy should be at the aquatic center in order to be able to reopen, that amount of staff time would be attributed, that would be the kind of thing we're talking about? That probably, um, there, there may have been a small amount of that during this time frame. Uh, the time frame really covered March 1st through May 15th, so it was a pretty short window. Um, a lot of it was uh, family, the paid leave that we had to provide. Uh, during the initial um, onset of COVID and continuing. And um, we also had some telework capabilities as well as um, some supplies for disinfecting and keeping areas safe. Mayor, I would note that one thing that was not deemed eligible by the state was reimbursement of childcare expenses. Uh, so th uh, that while the city of Astoria um, assisted with Astoria School District in providing emer emergency child care and there were expenditures that were uh, covered by the city, uh, the state deemed that they were not uh, something that could be approved for reimbursement by the city. Thank you. Any other counselor uh, comments or questions? In that case, could we have a motion? Uh, I'll move that we um, approve the State of Oregon grant agreement for the award of coronavirus relief funds. I'll second that. Okay, it's been moved and seconded that we approve acceptance of grant number 1038. And uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, the motion passes unanimously. And that concludes our regular agenda. We'll now move to uh, new business. And um, I've added uh, the item on discussion of mask wearing as uh, we received quite a bit of public uh, comment uh, of late on that topic. And so I'll introduce it just with a couple of comments and then turn it over to Mr. Estes to add anything else. So generally, I think, of course, the information over the past three and a half months on COVID-19 is changing almost daily and hourly, but consistently over the past many weeks has been a consensus among virtually every expert that the virus is spread uh, tri primarily through um, the air, through aerosol, through the droplets that, that come out of people's uh, mouths and noses and are then uh, ingested into other people's mouths and noses. And there's less, less concern, more and more less concern as time goes on about surfaces 
although it is still advised to clean those high contact surfaces, it's primarily uh, being in close contact with other people for an extended period of time, measured at least in multiple minutes, or I think 15 minutes or, or more is considered the high threat area. Um, I have read numerous studies that are now saying there's, there's much less concern if you're outdoors, the indoors is, is much higher risk, that if you're walking outside, passing someone on a sidewalk, passing someone on the river walk, there's virtually no chance at all that you will become infected with COVID-19. It's really about uh, proximity over time, especially in an indoor environment. And uh, as, as a result of these findings and uh, recent increases in infections in certain counties and the recommendations of health authorities around the world that the most effective ways to reduce dramatically the incidence of infection is by having mask wearing whenever you're in uh, within six feet of other people, indoors or outdoors, but especially indoors for any extended period of time, more than just passing. As a and as a result, the governor has uh, implemented a requirement for indoor public space mask wearing. And there's some details on that and some exceptions to that, but generally speaking, it's a requirement that masks be worn indoors in public uh, spaces. And on Wednesday, the Clatsop County Commission is meeting and we've been advised that they will be considering whether or not to request to opt in to that, uh, that uh, the governor's list of counties that are mandated to wear masks. And that's an option the governor provided in her announcement is that it applied to seven counties and other counties could ask to be added. And so that's, and I've, I've noticed uh, just being in town for the past, um, well, being in town constantly, but over the past weekend, there's quite a large crowd in town and the tourists are back, which is great for local businesses. Uh, I think there's a, a fair number of our visitors that are complying with requests to merit wear masks, but others is fairly significant uh, contrarian group that uh, is more reluctant to wear a mask. I know businesses don't like being the bad guy, and it's been expressed to me by some of our business leaders uh, recently that they would prefer the city or the county be the bad guy, so it takes the onus off of them to have individual requirements within their shops. So that's kind of introductory thoughts on the issue, and I'll turn it over to Mr. Estes, if there's anything you want to add. Yes, sure. Um, you know, what at least uh, the governor's order states with where masks um, are to be worn is any business which is defined as a grocery store, a fitness-related organization, a pharmacy, a public transit agency or provider, personal service providers, and that would be like hair salons, um, massage therapists, tattoo artists, um, restaurants, bars, breweries, brew pubs, wineries, tasting rooms, and distilleries, retails, stores, shopping centers, and malls, ride-sharing services, and for phase two counties only, which would include Clatsop County, 
indoor licensed swimming pools, licensed spa pools and sports court operators, indoor entertainment operators, indoor recreational sports operators for specified sports, and indoor venue operators. So that's the specific businesses that currently are required as for the, uh, the governor's order and the specific states. Um, I would note that I understand that uh, the city of Cannon Beach Council um, is going to be also discussing this at a meeting uh, this week before the county commission meeting. Um, and uh, I know at least and understand through their city manager, uh, they may be providing some guidance to the county commission uh, in advance of their meeting on Wednesday. And I guess another comment I'll just add is that my personal opinion is the worst thing you could do is have a mandate that is more uh, strict than it needs to be because then people become angry and cynical and don't want to comply at all. And so, uh, you know, the governor's requirement is for the wearing of masks indoors in public places and there's not an outdoor requirement. And I, and I do agree with that. I think if we tried to make it a requirement that you had to wear a mask anytime you're outside, you know, downtown or on the river walk, you would get people that just don't want to follow the rules because they would realize that that's not really necessary to mitigate the risk. I would also just add that um, if the council is of a mind to, uh, you know, be in favor of a requirement that personally I would, I would favor uh, waiting for the county to act on Wednesday rather than us enacting something that requires developing a local ordinance if the county's uh, decision would make that not necessary. It would save a lot of staff time on our staff's uh, part. And that I've talked too much. I'll open it up to council discussion and then after that we'll open it up to the public. I'd be happy to jump, jump in real quick here. Um, Mr. Mayor, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think your comments are pretty well spot on. Um, transmission is roughly 80% aerosol or droplets. Um, and about 20% is what, what I hear contact surface. And we, we also have to remember that it's what really makes this so difficult is that it's being spread asymptom asymptomatically. So people don't know that they're sick and they can be spreaders. And they're also talking about super spreaders. There are people that have larger viral loads and if they're in a crowd, they can infect a lot more people. And we've, we've seen evidence of that uh, nationwide. And, and this is why the masks are so important. I am fully in favor uh, of this. Uh, and I hope the county does ask for a requirement for indoors. I understand about outdoors. Outdoors is a very different deal. And we've got air moving around, you're not going to find um, And you're not stuck in close proximity to people, uh, a lot of times inadvertently. Um, so uh, I would support this. And if the county doesn't, I would be happy to uh, talk about the city of Astoria going forward and doing this. I wasn't downtown this weekend, but I did go to Seaside and took a drive through downtown there. And there were a lot of people on Broadway and there were very few masks being worn. So I think people need a little incentive. It's uh, not that big of a deal. 
to carry a mask with you and go indoors. So, and it will save lives. Thank you. I would also like to add my support of this. I certainly agree with um, the hoping that the county does adopt this because I think countywide is is much more effective in general. Um, and just as someone who is the executive director of a dance studio, which falls under the fitness category, um, we reopened at a, a small percentage of our capacity. So we have just a few classes out of about 25 that resumed last week. And it was a tremendous blessing to be able to point to the state specific guidelines. Um, because obviously we have a range of uh, perspective with our students and, and with our instructors. But just to be able to point to the guidelines and say, you know, this is what is required and it's it's not negotiable. And so um, I think, again, as a business, that, that was just really helpful to be able to do that. Um, I'd also encourage people, because it seems some of the people that I've been interacting with who have been advocating for this, um, maybe have not read the governor's specific guidelines, which can be found. Uh, there's a government website. I, I can't read the URL off right now because it's too long, but I've posted it on my city council Facebook page, but it's basically where all Governor Brown's guidelines uh, and information um, relating to COVID-19 exist. And right at the top are the guidelines around um, the seven counties that have been that that are implementing uh, this mask mandate. Um, because of course, my first question was, um, well, what about you know restaurants? So there's there are some exceptions where the masks can be removed, um, obviously for eating food or in. The case of a gym, um, if you need to remove your mask during physical activity, obviously if you're in a music studio and you're singing. So I definitely would encourage people to read some of those uh, specifics. I think my biggest question around this is in enforcement. So there, there have been some questions coming up around how to enforce this. Um, of course, I've seen, you know, Astoria Police Departments uh, thrown out there as an entity who could potentially issue citations. And I certainly can't speak for APD, but I'm going to assume that they do not have the capacity to do that. Um, but I, I guess I'm just wondering how this would be enforced if if at all. Well, I know that from the weekly, uh, the Friday morning call that we all sit in on last weekend, that question was specifically addressed to the governor's representative. And I think uh, she took about three minutes to essentially say there's, you know, there's little enforcement plan and that's kind of up to local jurisdiction. So I think I think what the requirement would do is it just provides added teeth for business owners to say, you know, to someone who comes into their place of business without a mask that points.
point to the sign and say, look, this isn't me, this is the state. This is a state and county requirement and we have to comply. And it just helps, I think it makes it easier for business owners to enforce it within their own shop without having to call the police to come and assist. Yeah, it, I think uh, that was kind of the, not kind of, but that is the approach that I was hoping that we would take. And I know that people will argue that if there's not citations, then people still won't do it. But I still think it is a step in the right direction, um, especially without the capacity to, to enforce it, uh, which was indicated by on the, on the call on Friday as well. So um, I think that's all I, I have, but I am in support of this. I also strongly support such an ordinance. If we can get the county to pass it and save staff some work, that's great. I support this primarily because one, it just makes sense to do, even if we're not 100% certain that it does protect those of us who are infected from spreading the disease. If we think it might, which the experts do think so, then why wouldn't we want to try it? But the other big reason I support this is that we see so many visitors, particularly in the summer months. And many people, as we all know, can have the virus, but not have any symptoms whatsoever. So there's no way uh, we would know who's sick and who's not. Taking a temperature wouldn't necessarily tell us who's spreading the virus. A couple concerns I have, I agree with your point about enforcement, Jessamine. I think um, most of us, if there's a law, we will follow it. Uh, we just agree when we live in a community that we are going to play by certain rules. Um, and I like what you mentioned about um, this takes the onus of keeping somebody out of a business or telling them they have to wear a mask off of a business owner. A concern I have about the governor's specifications for the mask requirement is that children ages two through 12 wouldn't be required to wear a mask. And I guess one of the reasons why is a concern that they could potentially strangle themselves if they were left unattended. Um, but I would hope children generally say if they're going downtown into a business would not be unattended. So that's that's one of my concerns because children certainly can get the, get the virus and spread it. Um, and then I guess, now I'm forgetting the other one, but I think it had to do with enforcement and I've already spoken to that. So I really hope that we go through with this. You may want to turn on the three minute timer to make sure I don't ramble on too long because this is an issue that just has me shaking my head in dismay and, and disbelief. Um, where to start? I, I, I'm, I'm concerned as well about enforcement because I think when we pass, uh, when we pass something like that, the public probably fairly expects that we will enforce what we what we say. And I understand that. Yeah, just driving through town today, just the idea that you would somehow be able to go and enforce all the hundreds of people literally walking around without masks um, uh, is. It's difficult to think how we would do that. I think if an ordinance is passed either by us or by the county, uh, I think one of the things that we have to do is make it known that that ordinance exists here. And I don't know if we have any of those portable electronic signs that we could put up on the highways coming into the city, but 
obviously, if people don't know, the the ordinance wouldn't wouldn't do a lot of good. So we have to we have to expose somehow either on the website, probably on the website, in the newspaper, and with signage as possible that we have this ordinance that says that you you need to wear a, a mask. Um, I am so distressed that this has become a political issue for some. And I want to stress again, when you wear, when you refuse to wear a mask, you don't win any macho points. Masks aren't to protect you. They are to protect others. You wear a mask because if you happen to be infected and you would not necessarily know that, then you can infect others. And it could be your mom. It could be your grandma. It could be any other person who's much more vulnerable than you are. And ultimately, it's the healthcare workers. We've had a lot of healthcare workers in this country who have to go and do that job and who have died for it because other people, you know, in some cases at least probably didn't follow the, the, the uh, recommendations and, and didn't take whatever care they, they could. So we wear them to protect others. It's an active community. And it makes no sense whatever to me with what's going on in the country right now. Healthcare workers are being threatened. Lots of healthcare workers in the country, health, health officials have resigned because, because of the heat they're getting, because they are asking people to, to take care of their neighbors. Um, the, the threats have been violent. This, this makes absolutely no sense. Refusing to wear a mask because it takes away your personal freedom is like saying, I shouldn't have to drive on the right side of the center line on the road. That's an infringement on my freedom. I want to drive anywhere on the road that I want to. But then, of course, everyone else gets to also. And you know what comes from that is chaos. It's just, it's a stupid argument. So I, I'm dismayed when I go through town and, and I'm dismayed by seeing the number of people who, even though the infection rate is going up across the country in many, many places, somehow or other, because we've opened up again, that's all going over their heads and they're saying everything must be fine. So anything that we can do to, to try to convince people to wear masks, I am for. Um, I do think we need to expose the fact that we have this ordinance, if we pass it, and, uh, you know, if there are any egregious um, um, flouting of the ordinance, I think we do need to try to enforce that. I do want to support businesses because it's hard to be the one, you know, private business who says, you know, you can't do that. Um, so I, I'm for it. I hope the county does it, and I hope we can uh, publicize it. If, if we're doing it so that uh, at least you don't have the excuse that I didn't know. Well, Roger, that was only four minutes. I'm sure it was. So not bad. <laughs> not bad. And yeah, and I, I think Chief, go Chief ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, Chief go ahead. Crutchfield, did you want to say something? If you could unmute. Chief well, thank you, Mayor, for um, letting me speak on this topic for just a minute. Um, there is a planned event um, to distribute some community, so I think it'll tie in nicely with your discussion. Um, the Astoria Fire Department has been working closely with Tiffany Brown, who is the Clatsop County Emergency Manager, and we've uh, coordinated a, an event um, that will be a drive up KN95 mask distribution. Uh, that event will be held at the Astoria Quad Center 
which is at 1997 Marine Drive, and that will take place on June 25th from 4 to 7 p.m. The state of Oregon has supplied uh, Clatsop County with these masks, and um, with Tiffany's help, we've come up with this plan to distribute them in Africa at that uh, date and time. Um, essentially, people just need to come to that location, it's ours, uh, wait your turn in line in your vehicle, and when you get up to the uh, person that will be distributing the masks, you just hold up a number of fingers for the masks uh, that you want, roll down your window, and they'll be um, given to you, and you drive away so you don't even have to get out of your vehicle. So it should be pretty quick. We are uh, utilizing a local uh, CERT uh, members to help distribute the masks. And uh, we appreciate all their help. And uh, if people want more information, I think um, if not all, I think most every uh, department uh, within the city of Astoria has this information on their Facebook pages and Clatsop County and press releases about it. Thank you very much, now, Chief. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, so um, thank you, Chief, uh, for that. And and it has I've been seeing it on Facebook and I've been sharing it. So I think that's a great opportunity uh, for people who want a high-grade mask to wear. My, my question is, um, or comment and a question possibly. So, you know, one of the things that business owners, it, it has sort of a, a recommendation by the state that um, they have masks to hand out to customers uh, if they don't have one. Um, I'm wondering if there's a, is there a way to tie that in with this mask distribution? Could a business owner come up and say, could I have a, a dozen masks? I mean, I don't know how many you have to hand out, uh, but just so that, you know, we're not, we can help them with that end of it. Because if they can say, just grab a mask as you come in, that makes their job easier for those, you know, they don't have to turn people away because they don't have a mask. And so, that puts a mask in their hands. So, um, yes. so if I can jump in there, Tom, good, very good sure. point. I see David Reed is on the line, our executive director of the Astoria Warrington yes. Area Chamber of Commerce. David, did, could, could you address that possibly? By all means, yes. We've been handed the same types of masks through the county, through the state. We're now handing them out to business owners for use by their staff um, as the first round. As we see what the demand is, we may be able to open that up to uh, businesses to provide for customers as well. In fact, I suspect that we will. Uh, we'll know that in the next week or so, but there certainly are masks on the ground here. Um, and I think that we'll be at a point very soon where we'll be able to present, present them to businesses so they can make them available to, to visitors as they come through. Thank you. And, you know, personally, it's my hope that for most people, if not already, then very soon they will just realize that needing to carry a mask with you as part of it's like bringing your shoes. I mean, you just you put your shoes on before you go out, you grab your mask because you're going to need one just about everywhere you go. And so I hope they'll, as time goes by, there'll be less of a need for businesses to be providing masks uh, for customers, that the customers will bring their masks. Well, are yeah, there, that was my, oh, just one more comment, Mayor. That was my uh, other point that I had forgotten. Chief Crutchfield reminded me, I wouldn't want this cost to have to be borne by businesses, especially since they've all been closed for the most part. Um, for quite a while, so they're already needing to um, 
you know, come back out of uh, deficits most likely. And I don't know how much the cheap disposable masks cost, but um, I don't know if there's a way, maybe we can get together with the county to buy them in, you know, in bulk and provide a place that's very visible for tourists to buy them if they need them. I just don't want it to go back on business owners' backs. Right. So hopefully the, uh, the distribution chief Crutchfield talked about, and then separately, Tiffany Brown has also reached out to local businesses and organization and nonprofits, and they're, they're also going to be getting their own distributions of masks as well. And my employer, the Maritime Museum, we reopened to the public Thursday, and we, we have already mandated masks, and we're offering the cheap disposable ones for sale for a dollar. So we hope customers remember to bring a mask, but if they don't, they can buy one for a dollar or they can buy a nice one for $12. And uh, I think that's reasonable for all businesses. So Definitely. are there members of the public who would like to speak? Just use your Zoom uh, raise hand function and we'll call on you. I see Matt Stanley will unmute you and then Matt, if you can give us your address and uh, you'll have three minutes. Yeah, Matt Stanley, 463 Jerome Avenue. Uh, thank you for having the discussion, appreciate it. Um, I run the Astoria Co-op, a retail store. Um, I don't have much more to add. I'm glad you're having the conversation. I, I do hope that there's a way to take what sounds like pretty unanimous support from you guys and convey it to the commissioners before Wednesday night. Um, you know, that we, we're gonna do it on our own if you don't, but we're really hoping you do it because countywide does make more sense. It would, it would force all the large retailers in Warrington to get on board with this. Uh, and as far as enforcement, I mean, it, it wouldn't be too hard for a health department worker or even a police officer to, to walk into Fred Meyer a week after this is live. And wow, half the customers don't have masks in here. We need to talk to the store operator and figure out why they're not complying with this. Um, and, and that would just be a discussion that hopefully would you know, stir them to action. Um, it does help to have masks to hand out. They cost about 50 cents a piece for one of those flimsy paper masks. So it's really not cheap, um, but it sure does take the pressure off in a situation where someone comes up not, not expecting it or unprepared. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for, for having the discussion. And uh, I think it will feel really good for our staff um, uh, to to be able to kind of lean on this a little bit more and say, hey, now we're just following the, the state order here. And um, so you'll have to take that up with your local politician. It, it, it's it's really sad. I agree with Roger. It's just, it's, it's really sad that our federal government is, you know, essentially uh, demonizing uh, folks putting these sorts of policies into place when, when it is just simply a public health issue. Um, it, it's pretty darn sad, but but, the, but the, I think what we have to remember is that the vast majority of, of Americans, and I would say probably people in our city and county, um, they really want to have any safety precaution that's reasonable put in place right now. It's, it's, a, it's just a very vocal, uh, I think, minority of people who are, are making it seem like uh, a bigger deal than it is. That's all I got. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. I see Mr. David Reed has his hand raised. 
very quickly. Um, there are a couple of, of minor issues on the, 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 the governor's rules on where those masks are, can be required that uh, I got feedback from, from business owners, um, particularly in the personal services area. So they want the guidance there to be wear a mask where, where um, as much as reasonable. So in the waiting area, not necessarily while they're being cared for, while their hair is being cut, that type of thing. So I will take those suggestions to the county before they have their discussion and hopefully those being incorporated there. We're not to have two separate set of, set of rules. And the other thing I'll point out um, is that a number of retailers are now, or businesses are now making masks available for a, for a price as you mentioned, uh, Mayor. Um, and that's becoming uh, just a, another small revenue stream for those, for those businesses. So their masks are not hard to come by and we will keep waking, making sure that they are easier and easier to come by. So any business that needs our help, we're, we're happy to do it. Thank you. Thank you. Are there other members of the public who wish to speak? Okay, I don't see any more hands raised. So I will, uh, just so that we can convey what appears to be the, uh, the opinion of the council, the desire of the council, I'll make a motion that the Astoria City Council urges the Clatsop County Board of Commission to uh, request that Governor Brown add Clatsop County to the list of counties with the uh, mandatory mask requirement and noted as a side note that Mr. Reed will be providing some input to the county for a possible modification to that guidance. I'll second that. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, is there any other new business? I just had a quick question. It uh, doesn't change my support of it, but if, if for some reason the county does not adopt this, uh, I think Mr. Brownson brought this up, we would revisit this then uh, as far as adopting our own policy? As yeah, far so as why don't I actually even modify my motion to add that as a caveat? So I'll, I'll move... Uh, I'll strike the previous motion and I'll amend or amend the previous motion and ask for ratification. So the Astoria City Council urges the Clatsop County Board of Commission to uh, request that Governor Brown add Clatsop County to the list of counties with the mandatory mask requirement. Note for David Reed for a possible modification. And additionally, if Clatsop County chooses not to opt in, that we direct staff to proceed with a Astoria, City of Astoria ordinance for a similar mandatory mask requirement. What else would you need on that? No, we, we would just uh, need to have some direction from council, but I think, I mean, stating your intent is all that's needed right now. Uh, we have verified with City Attorney Henningsgaard that it is doable to have the Astoria City Council uh, consider uh, an ordinance. But uh, you know, we can uh, work on putting something together if, if the county commission chooses not to. Okay, and just for the record then, if we could have a second on, on that amendment. I'll second that. And all in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? And thanks for that catch, Councillor West. Okay, is there any uh, public comment on any other topics we have not discussed? Just use your raised hand function. Thank you for your participation. We're going to uh, convene the Astoria Development Commission 
City Council is adjourned. I'll just uh, give a minute for people to sign off that aren't going to stick around for the ADC meeting. While we're wait, waiting, I don't know, I, I just like to, I think it's going to be interesting too when we have further discussion about this that right it, we, maybe I shouldn't be talking right now. Yeah, um, counselors, you're not in an open meeting right now. So I, right. I, would, I would suggest that, that we not have dialogue until a meeting is opened. Okay. I now convene the Monday, June 22 meeting of the Astoria Development Commission. Uh, roll call, Mr. Estes. Commissioner West. Here. Commissioner Brownson. Here. Commissioner Rocca. Here. Commissioner Herman. Here. Chair Jones. Here. Are there any changes to the agenda? No changes. Items on the consent calendar are considered routine and will be adopted by one motion unless a member of the commission requests to have an item considered separately. Members of the community may have an item removed if they contact the city manager by 5 p.m. on the day of the meeting. Uh, has uh, commissioners any, any item that you wish removed? Okay, uh, any members of the public have made a request? No request. All right, then, could we have a motion for approval of items 4A through 4C of the consent calendar? I move to approve the consent calendar as presented. Second. And a roll call, Mr. Estes. Commissioner West? Aye. Commissioner Brownson? Aye. Commissioner Rocca? Aye. Commissioner Herman? Aye. Chair Jones? Aye. The regular agenda items are open for public comment following deliberation by the commission. Rather than asking for public comment, uh, you can disregard that sentence. Uh, if you wish to speak, use the Zoom raise hand function and we'll give you uh, three minutes. Item 5A is a public hearing and a resolution to adopt the ADC budget. So Oregon local budget law requires that the Astoria Development Commission hold a public hearing on the budget as recommended for approval by the budget committee. The budget for the Development Commission is ready for consideration and the resolution included in the packet will adopt resources and appropriations and authorize the collection of tax increment funding available for the Astor East and Astor West urban renewal districts for fiscal year ending June 30th 2021. So tonight it's recommended that the commission hold a public hearing on the fiscal year ending 2021 budget as approved by the budget committee. And after the hearing, it's recommended that the commission consider the resolution to adopt the budget and authorize the tax increments for the Astor East and Astor West urban renewal districts. Okay. Public hearing is now open. Any uh, commissioner discussion? Okay, any uh, public comment? I don't think there's any member of the public on with the exception of Mr. Stratton. Okay, in that case, could we have a motion? 
I will move to. Uh, oh, did you want to say something, Ms. Brooks? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Public hearings now closed. Now, Councilor Brown, go motion. ahead. Um, I recommend the commission, let's see, that we approve the resolution to adopt this budget and authorize the tax increments for Astor East and Astor West Urban Renewal Districts um, for the fiscal year ending June 20th, I mean, June 30th, 2021. I'll second that. Thank you. Roll call, Mr. Estes. Commissioner West. Aye. Commissioner Brownson. Aye. Commissioner Rocca. Aye. Commissioner Herman. Aye. Chair Jones. Aye. Okay, uh, does any member of the commission have new business to discuss? Tom had something that's... Tom? You know, I'll, I'll save, it's just a, a comment. I'll save uh, further comments having to do with masks when it comes up before, when we have a discussion, a regular meeting in the future. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Is there any comment from the public? Seeing none, we are adjourned. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you staff. So one of the things that Jeff